It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. Yates, what if that's the only thing I said on this radio show for the next hour? Would that would that be funny to you or would that come off as uh, annoying? Uh, to be honest with you, I'd probably just tune you out. It would it would be annoying until I got to that point. And I wonder how long I could keep my radio show uh, if that's all I said for an hour was, I'm here so I won't get fined. That's what... Marshawn Lynch said at Super Bowl Media Day today, that's all he said. Uh, He was not there for the entire time. He didn't have to be there for the entire time. He was there for uh, the the time that he had to be there until he could leave. Any earlier, he would have been fine, but he was there, so he wouldn't be fine. Uh, And let's just start the show with him. I used to like Marshawn Lynch. I had a, a soft spot in my heart for him. He won me a fantasy football championship a few years back. Uh, he's a, he, he's one of the most dominating running backs in the league, maybe the hardest guy one-on-one to tackle in the league. Uh, beast mode, it fits him. He's great. But for him to say, I'm here so I won't be fine 25 times in a row at Super Bowl Media Day and the past month, month and a half of him giving one-word answers to reporters, it's just it's old. It's old. And uh, and unfortunately, I've seen so many people in my timeline today talk about how how funny he thinks he is. They they think he is how clever, how uh, more athletes should do this. If I had it my way, and I'm sure you know, honestly, I'm sure Marshawn Lynch would probably like this. But just if I was a media member, I wouldn't even go over to him, and I wish everybody would do that. I wish everybody would just stay away from him forever for the rest of his career. And whenever he had something to say, uh, not have an outlet. And I know that's unrealistic, and I know that would never happen. But at some point, just grow up. Talk to the media. Give the, the, the boring answers that you're supposed to give. Because this comes off, it comes off as childish. And, and what, are you, what are you saying to, to recruits, to young recruits, that are going into high school and starting to get media attention, that it's okay to, to be a jerk to media members who are just trying to do their job. And I know I'm a media member, and it, it's going to seem like I'm siding with the media because that's that's who I am. And, you know, there, there's probably some truth to that. It's it's difficult for a reporter to, to get people to talk at times, and uh, Marshawn Lynch is making this a thing, getting one-word answers and being cute and doing this and that. But he gets paid millions of dollars to play football. Millions of dollars. And he would be there. He'd be doing that with or without the media. I agree with that. But he's a role model for kids. Uh, He's a role model for fans in Seattle. And and I don't think he realizes that there's there's people that want to hear what he has to say. As a media member, you know, I, I don't care. I'm over him. He, he's, he, he thinks he's cute, and it's, it's obnoxious. But there are fans of him that wants to, to hear his opinions on the Patriots' defense and what he thinks he needs to prepare for. 
And I, and, I, and I feel that Marshawn Lynch is letting his fans down. And I say that Marshawn Lynch would be in the position that he's in right now without the media, and that's true. Well, you know, if you wanted to get really technical and his games weren't televised and this and that, then maybe it's not true. But, you know, realistically, it's not like our, our coverage of Marshawn Lynch has made him a great running back. But he, he wouldn't be the running back that he that he is without the fans. And that's true. The fans have helped pay have helped get him paid several times. Uh, the people of Seattle have been very, very loyal to him and, and I feel that he's letting him down. Uh, so while I can't get away with that because I'm probably not good enough as my at my profession, uh, to get away with short one-word answers, I understand that he is, but it just it needs to stop, and unfortunately, it's not going to stop. So, uh, if you're a media member, just just leave him alone, let him be. It's it's annoying. Uh, anyways, thought thought I'd start the show that way. Uh, it is Super Bowl Media Day, and, and while I think that Marshawn Lynch is immature. And kind of a, a bit of a a joke. Super Bowl Media Day is kind of a joke in itself. So, you know, I, I'll give him that. Uh, the, the biggest media day of the year. I, I'm assuming that you have to be credentialed somehow. I, I'm sure you have to apply for something. But I don't understand how, why, why they... Uh, why they allow all these people in goofy costumes that act that ask non sports related questions. And if you want to ask them, if you want to get to know somebody, if you want to get to know a player and ask him some questions that aren't, that aren't directly related to football, I can understand that. But some of the other, uh, some, just to ask about superheroes and do all that stupid stuff. I, I don't understand. So I don't really quite understand the credential process for Super Bowl Media Day, but it, it, it's kind of turned into this big joke. When in actuality, if you took it serious and the Super Bowl looked at the credential request and said, oh, you write for a comic website. Well, we're going to stick it to people that cover football. If you did that, it could actually be a very valuable day in terms of news and information and, and prepping and game planning. You know, Super Bowl is just days away. Uh, but as you have it, it's kind of turned into this big circus, which is which is unfortunate. Yates, how are you today? I'm just here, so I won't get fined. <laughs> are you? Or are you there so you so you'll get paid? Um, I uh, that's debatable. I, I I'm I'm here so I can get some work done, so this place doesn't fall apart. Well, and that's why that's why you're the best in the biz, Yates. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we've we've we're going to have a, a fun show today. We're going to talk Kentucky, and we're going to talk Louisville. And I know that's what you want to hear. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some basketball. And in the last segment yesterday was the first day of PT picks of the day, and and Yates. Uh, so we went we went one and one. And that's not the start I wanted to go. We had Syracuse plus 11, barely, barely, barely covered that pick, or else it would have been an 0-2 to start the PT picks of the day. Which, that's good. Uh, it was a close game. 
close game all the way throughout. Syracuse really played well in the first half and then gave up 56 second half points to UNC uh, and, and let that lead slip away and slip away and slip away. And uh, eventually, I think UNC did get up 11 or 12 points in that last and final minute, but Syracuse was able to get it under that spread. And then the other loss was Miles Turner, 11 and a half points versus Iowa State. He had 16. Uh, started off, he, he still comes off the bench, which, uh, you know, I went on a little Rick Barnes rant before their game against Kentucky a few months ago. He still comes off the bench, which is still just idiotic and makes no sense. Uh, but he got off to a great start despite coming off the bench, had eight points early, and, and it I instantly realized that that bet wasn't going to come through. Uh, again, he finished with 16. Uh, so we'll have we'll have more PT picks of the day today. Uh, Yates, somebody texted me and thought that the PT picks of the day would be uh, would be pictures of of people at PTs, and I, I told them that unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, they were they were they were pretty disappointed with that. But I'll I'll run that up the flagpole and see. What kind of headway we can make there? It'd be, it'd be tough to do it on the radio uh, because you know it's radio. <laughs> but you know you you could tweet it out, Yates. You're looking to gain a few followers. <laughs> that's true. I don't I don't know if that's the way I want to go about it, but <laughs> oh, it, it would uh, it certainly garner you some attention one way or the other. So we'll do the PT picks, not including actual pictures in the last segment. Uh, but but for now we have a. A tweet into the show from RWH11806. Almost seems like a spam account. Uh, he wants to know, what's the bad news with the UK football team? Rumor has it Barker and Barker uh, was uh, Barker and Baker were involved. Uh, and this is coming from a tweet from Matt Jones, who said that he had heard there was bad news coming to UK football. And the, uh, you know, the, the, the bad news for UK is if, if and Matt Jones has been wrong before. He's been wrong uh, several times before. But if he's saying that, you know, I don't think he'd tweet that out unless he was absolutely sure something had happened. And I had heard some rumors even before that tweet was sent, but it wasn't, you know, it, it was just that. It was rumors. It wasn't really from trusted people that I, that I thought, you know, that that I would – that I would even look into. Uh, but it, it does seem that there could be some truth to some of these rumors. And, and, and the rumors do involve Drew Barker, the quarterback. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess I'm trying to decide if, if it's worth saying the rumors on the air. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's not coming from me, but it does involve Drew Barker and it does involve him doing something that sometimes college students do. Uh, it doesn't have to do with drinking or drugs or alcohol or, uh, you know, it's a, a more physical altercation sort of deal with, um, a, a, you know, another group of, of students. And we'll find out, you know, we'll, we'll hear news, we'll hear what comes of this if it's true. But here's the thing. If it does involve Drew Barker, if it does involve him in a uh, a negative light, 
making poor decisions, it's not going to bode well for him. Uh, Mark Stoops has already shown that he's a no-nonsense guy. He's had no problem kicking players off teams. I don't know if Drew Barker would be kicked off the team. Again, we'd, we'd probably hear this. You know, this news is going to break pretty soon, I'm sure, if there is news to break. But this isn't Drew Barker's first incident. He was uh, directly involved in the airsoft gun incident on UK's campus, which I guess happened months ago during the season, uh, where there was footage of him with an airsoft gun, and he was shooting off airsoft guns with some of his other teammates. Got him suspended, I think, a game. Uh, he was redshirting anyway, so it's not... It wasn't, you know, the worst thing in the world that he was suspended a game. But it's not like this would be his first encounter if there is any truth to this with Drew Barker. So it begs the question, is would him being kicked off the team, could that be possible? And I think the answer is yes. We don't know the severity of what happened. We don't know all the details. But this is a quarterback. This is the person that is supposed to be a leader of a football team. And, you know, he, he isn't the starter. Patrick Tolles was the starter. Who knows if if he'd be the starter heading into next season. He would have to beat out Patrick Tolles for the job and Reese Phillips for the job. It's unsure if that would or could happen. But even if he didn't, it's still, it's a quarterback. This is a guy that is supposed to be making good decisions on the field and off the field. And you don't want to stereotype quarterbacks because quarterbacks do make mistakes and they do stupid things. But of all people on your team, the quarterback's towards the bottom of being in the news for all the wrong reasons. Should be. And again, you know, we should probably wait to talk about Drew Barker and what happened until we we know all the facts. But it it is just, you know, it's it's bad it seems almost like bad decision after bad decision and how long can you have that on your football team if you're Mark Stoops, if you're trying to rebuild, if you're trying to sell recruits on a family atmosphere, a family environment, uh trying to convince parents that you can look after their kids and then just have what was supposed to be maybe your brightest and knowledgeable player, one of them at least, just continue to make poor decisions. It doesn't look good for Stoops if there's truth to this. So more will come from this. We'll know the facts, and when we do, I'll, I'll, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable being able to talk all about it. But we don't know. We don't know all the details, but it does seem like there, there there was some sort of altercation. There was some sort of incident. And we'll learn more. But it, but if something did happen to Drew Barger, I mean, it, it, even, you know, again, it's not a guy that played at all last year. It's unsure. You know, we're unsure if he'd even play for Kentucky next year. But, it would, you know, it would be a huge blow. That was a prized recruit. Kentucky had him in a Super Bowl commercial last year. 
it'll certainly be something to keep an eye on. I do want to hear from you on today's show. Tweet into it, at Rivals. what's going on? Let's talk about it. Football signing day is right around the corner, and I promise you the last thing Stoops and the coaching staff wants to deal with is this stuff involving whoever it could be. Anything off the field that's negative, this close to National Signing Day is the worst thing that can happen for a staff. And especially, and you know, it seems like I'm being overly negative around UK's football program right now, but facts are facts. In, in this regard, Kentucky football recruiting... I wouldn't say that it's bleeding per se, but they could really use some good news. I mean, they could really use some good news, and and we'll talk more about that on the show today. And and, and I, I, it's big boy recruiting, and, and you hear that all the time. You've heard that last year with Mark Stoops. You heard that a year, the year before that with Mark Stoops. If you're going to recruit good players, four stars, highly coveted guys. You're going to lose some. You're going to get some to commit, and you're going to lose some. That's what happens. Kentucky can't sell success like other programs can. And when push comes to shove, imagine that you're a, a 17-year-old. You're committed to play for Kentucky. You, you, you went to UK. You like the campus. You like the coaching staff. You like what you were told. But you know, days before that wedding, per se, signing day, where it's all official and you can't go back, a, a school like Ohio State, and, and you know that's kind of the top, the top tier going against Kentucky. But even a school like South Carolina, they're telling you, "You sure you want to go there?" They they don't win a lot. They haven't won lately. You sure you don't want to play in bowl games? And if you do play in a bowl game, you sure you want to play in lower tier bowl games? If you're a 17 year old, that weighs heavy on you. It just does. You start thinking about that, and you start thinking about how that impacts your future, and, and nobody likes losing. So they have to decide in that moment, do I feel that I can be a part of a change at a program, or do I want to go somewhere where their history speaks for itself? And that's what Kentucky's finding is so hard. And it was like this last year. They lost some guys. They had to battle for some guys. Two years ago, they had to do the same. This year, it seems a bit more severe. It seems like more and more guys are, are wavering on their commitments. And there's a few reasons for why that may be. Maybe it's just that the class wasn't as tight as years past, and that's absolutely true. You know, last year you had the, the Twitter account for all the committed players. You knew that they were close. You had a guy like Drew Barker who, you know, now, unfortunately for UK, might be in pictured and and thought of a, in some in a negative light but you had him keeping the class together calling texting other recruits you didn't have that with this year's class so that's one of the reasons and this is again maybe an unfortunate reason but soups has been there 2 years now and while there certainly has been progress you go 2 and 10 to 5 and 7 Kentucky did lose in, in the year on a six-game losing streak, and they still didn't make a bowl, and they're losing two of their best defensive players. So I, I think to some extent, maybe prospects aren't 
buying into Stoops' progression. And I think that's wrong. I, I, I think if you look at the roster and look at how, how much work Mark Stoops has had to do at Kentucky, you would realize that this is unbelievable progress. But again, 17-year-old recruit, hasn't been following UK as closely as, say, me and you. It's You can understand why, why, why recruits are going other, other directions. So we'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll talk some basketball. I, I feel like a Debbie Downer to start the show, and I didn't want that. But it, it's kind of the truth right now. And Kentucky's got eight days before National Signing Day to turn things around, keep this class together and try to finish with a top 30 class. And if Kentucky can do that, and UK fans are, are disappointed about it, I think that shows you how far the football programs come in a very short amount of time that you could be a bit down on a top 30 class. I mean, if you think about it, that's unbelievable. We'll be right back here on 1450 of the Sports Bus. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Uh, actually, had a phone call during the break about about these UK football rumors, and I'm not going to go into details about it. It wouldn't take you long to find out on the internet what exactly the story is and who did what and. Uh, you can you can read them a lot of places, so I'm not going to be the one to throw around these rumors. We can, you know, when facts are presented, uh, we'll go from there. It, it doesn't it doesn't sound good the more you hear about the story, though, uh, and you you hope it's not true. Not just from a the the future of UK football perspective, but just you hope people aren't stupid enough to to make these mistakes. And you know, unfortunately, people are. Uh, and and I, I really hope what I heard isn't true. Uh, anyways, uh, Captain Arctic tweets into the show that Barker is the hallmark of the new UK football. This would be crushing if he turns out to be a schmuck uh, via selfish behavior. And, and that's that's true. You know, you're trying to turn the page on old UK football. You want a new winning UK football you thought you had your guy and Drew Barker as a quarterback, but also an ambassador to the program. And if something turns out to be true and with him and it being possibly his second incident, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be good news for UK football. Again, not just from on the field perspective, I, you know, Barker hasn't thrown a, a pass in a game yet. So the blow there, I don't think, I really don't think would be as big as the blow off the field where you had pegged this guy to lead you to new heights on the field, but also help bring in recruits and, and show that it's, you know, it's okay to come to Kentucky and then to have him possibly be in trouble because something continues to happen. Again, all speculation at this point. We don't know that the rumors will wait and see. 
Uh, Rob Blackhawk says, should I be worried about Texas A&M hoops? Uh, the fact that they're number two in recruiting. Why would top guys want to come play at Texas A&M? I'm glad, but uh, Rob, I, I'm not quite sure that if you mean that from a standpoint that you're worried about maybe Texas A&M's doing something illegal, or if you're worried from a from a sense that uh, you're not sure if you all are going to be able to hold on to those players. Uh, I'm unsure which one you are referring to, uh, but with basketball, basketball recruiting is drastically different than football recruiting, and, and I'm happy that I'm covering the former than the latter, but basketball, uh, for the most part, I'd say 95% of the guys, a commitment means something to those guys where they're not going to decommit. Maybe 90. You know, you saw Antonio Blankney decommit from Louisville. It does happen, but it's rare. It's not like the, it's not like football where it can happen all the time. Uh, Rob Blackhawk tweets back into the show and says, yes, from an illegal standpoint. Right now, Texas A&M 2015 basketball recruiting class has four commitments uh, three four stars and and one five star and Elijah Thomas. Uh, here's the thing, Rob Blackhawk. Is uh, is there some shadiness when it comes to basketball recruiting across the country? Sure. Uh, do I think Texas A&M's doing anything illegal? No. Texas A&M's a good school. All four commits are from Texas. You have two guys that play on the same team together. And, you know, people just want to stay home. I don't think they're doing anything illegal. I really don't. So, Rob Blackhawk, I could be wrong. Nobody really knows except for uh, the recruits and the coaches. But I, I don't think anything to worry about in, in that on that front. But uh, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting few days here for UK football and UK football recruiting. We're going to get rolling on one of these days. And when we do, uh, we'll, we'll get into more specifics. <laughs> My girlfriend texted the show and said she tried to find out what what I was talking about with the rumors regarding UK football and did a Twitter search and 90% of the tweets popped up about Bob Barker and Drew Carey on The Price is Right. Well, try to narrow your search, and, and that, that certainly uh, could could help. But, again, we'll, we'll learn a lot more about this situation. I'm sure even maybe by tomorrow's show uh, we'll be able to talk a, a bit more about it. UK football recruiting, it's just it's kind of you, you hunker down. You hold on. You hope you can hold some of these guys. If you lose some of them, it's it's not the end of the world, but you hope that you can get some other ones. You certainly need bodies. And, and one positive note with UK football recruiting is if there's one thing that – I guess two things. Two things that we've learned with Mark Stoops. One, they're not scared to compete against the big guys. Just because a recruit seems like he, he he's not going to go to Kentucky doesn't mean Mark Stoops isn't going to try. 
And that's something that you haven't you hadn't seen on old coaching staff. That's something that Joker Phillips wouldn't dream to do. And it's really something that Rich Brooks, I think Rich Brooks was a fantastic coach and and really did a, a ton for UK's football program. But, you know, he he didn't necessarily go after he didn't try to compete with the big guys. I think Rich Brooks did a great job of identifying talent and some underrated guys and, and bringing them on and helping them progress as players. But he didn't want to go toe-to-toe with the big guys. Now, Mark Stoops, he's not scared to do that. And it has worked. It hasn't worked. He It's worked for some time, and then they've lost some commitments. It's, you know, it's it's had some mixed results. But I, I think that says something about him, and I think it says something about the future of UK's football program with the, the fact that he's willing to do that. But the second thing is, he does have an eye for talent, just like Rich Brooks did. He can also find guys that aren't getting a ton of attention. If, for example, you know he, he, he's done that a few times last summer. The guy they just lost. Jeremiah Denson. You know, he didn't have a ton of offers, commits to Kentucky. Now he's picking between, uh, I think, Auburn and Florida. So he has a good eye for talent. And sometimes it's almost too good because other schools eventually catch on and hop on. But But the fact is, if they lose out on some guys here in the next few days, if Supes is going to bring somebody in, either he thinks that they're going to be ready to play right away or he sees something in those players that makes him think, okay, we can we can turn him in a, into a stud in the coming years. So I think it's going to be okay, even though it, it might not seem okay over the next few days. Anyways. John Calipari, uh, while we're switching gears. UK basketball, it, it's... it's The future's bright for UK basketball. Uh, it's not bad news for, for Kentucky. Still number one in the country. Still undefeated for now. Uh, the Cats will take on Missouri as their next game, and then they'll come home... And play Alabama. Now these are two teams that Kentucky has already played and already beaten. Both games, not not very competitive, but uh, winning winning at Missouri isn't easy. It, it can be a tough place to play. Missouri, not a very good team. They're rebuilding. But John Calipari spoke. And some of the interesting, while we're on the topic of recruiting, some of the interesting things was him talking about Devin Booker. Missouri had recruited Devin Booker, really wanted him. Devin Booker's dad went to Missouri. There's a, a, a funny quote. They Somebody asked him, Missouri recruited Devin Booker for five years. Does he feel sorry for Missouri? Uh, that Kentucky goes after him just a few months and lands him. John Calipari said, well, I've been on that side. I've been at Memphis and Massachusetts. I hate to tell you, no one felt sorry for me. When Duke and North Carolina came in and just, there were kids I recruited, and I'd always ask them, are you recruiting the kid? Do you really want him? 
yeah, staff, go get somebody else. We ain't beating them. John Calipari kind of said, that's how the world works. Big fish have to eat. Top dogs get to eat first. And, you know, that can also kind of be comparable to Kentucky football, to be honest. (laughs) All right. uh, Okay. Rob Blackhawk saying the only thing that he can find is... (laughs) You can find this and find that. I, I'm not telling you all to go on a goose chase to find out what it is. <laughs> if you all, I, I, I'll leave it at that. I'm not. I, I, I'm don't if if you can't find it, then don't worry about it because I'm sure whatever it is will come to light soon enough. Back to John Calipari's comments, though. But they're, you know, it's it also could could relate to Kentucky football. Uh, Kentucky basketball with recruiting, it's it it it, it is that easy. You, John Calipari, it's, well, it's not that easy, but it is. It's it's different. He doesn't have to identify talent. Now, I think he did maybe do that with the New Zealander Ty Winyard, but he can sit back. John Calipari can. He he doesn't have to offer guys when they're in eighth grade like Billy Gillespie did. He doesn't have to offer guys that are in eighth grade like Tom Crean does sometimes. He can sit back, see who develops, who pans out, who doesn't work out, and then heading into their senior year, he, he, you know, he can say, "Hey, I want you to come play with me. I want you to come. I want you to come to Kentucky. I I, I think that I can turn you into a pro. I can." possibly turn you into a one-and-done. And it's so appealing to recruits. It was very appealing to, to Devin Booker. And also, let's let's make no mistake about it again, Devin Booker's relationship with Tyler Ulis and the chance for those two to play together, that went a long way in their decision to both play for UK. Uh, also, if you're Tyler Ulis, you know, how do you pass up a, a chance to play at Kentucky? And that kind of reminds me, do you all remember the the Michigan columnist last year? It was probably around this time last year. It might have been in the fall of, of 2013. He wrote the column saying Tyler Ulis going to Kentucky was a huge mistake for him, that John Calipari didn't care about him, and he would over-recruit him every year. He wouldn't get any playing time. He could have went to another school that would have cared about his development and this and that. Are we all starting to see how silly that column was? I think most of us could identify that the day that it was written. Tyler Euless playing 20 minutes per game now. Averaging almost six points, four assists per game. A steal per game. Could he have a bigger role at other schools? Sure. But why have a big role at, you know, a, a, a role playing 27 minutes per game at Michigan or Michigan State, which are no slouches uh, as programs? Is playing seven more minutes per game there better than playing seven fewer minutes at Kentucky and having every game on national TV and having a five nine point guard that weighs a hundred a buck fifty? I haven't weighed 150 pounds since my freshman year of high school. 
It's 5'9", 150 pounds. People are talking about him being a possible one and done. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. But are we all starting to see how silly that column was? So in recruitments like Devin Booker, Tyler Ulyss, Kentucky does, you know, they can they can come late to the party, but it's because they have so much to sell. They have such a good track record. That's just the way the world works. And sometimes you do get teams that are on guys for five years and they end up committing to, to those programs. To some players, it, it does matter who comes early, but in basketball recruiting, when you're a five-star, most of the time, 80 to 90% of the time, you're going to go to the place that helps you the best. It's just like taking an internship somewhere. You're going to take an internship that won't look good on your resume. It might be fun. They might really, really want you to come work for there. But are you going to take an internship at some company nobody's ever heard of? Or are you going to go work at a place like Google? For some recruits, it's it's an easy decision where, yeah, maybe another school is more committed to you and, and loyal throughout the entire process. But sometimes you just can't pass up on the big boys. We're going to head to commercial break. We'll come back. We'll do uh, PT picks of the day for tonight's game. It's an okay night of college basketball. Not great. Not terrible. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Bus. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here. One final segment, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Yates, so yesterday we added the the PT Picks of the Day segment. I'm going to add one more today. And this one involves you, okay? Okay. Because, you know, I, I don't... I think this could be fun based on how much you pay attention during my show, which sometimes I think, you know, might be a lot other times that I don't know. Uh, And this isn't saying that I need you to pay more attention. Maybe even the the contrary. I think it could be fun if you didn't. Uh, But in the last segment every day from now on, I'm going to ask you three things that you learned, Yates. Okay? Okay. Kind of three things three themes to the show, that day show. And, 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 you know, some people don't get a list until 3.30. Some people can't turn it on until 3. They can only listen to maybe the last half of the second segment and the final segment. So so it's going to kind of be Yates' summary of the show. And I'm, I'm trying to get you a little more involved. It, it's not Ask Yates Wednesday every day. So, Yates, what are three things you learned on today's Sports Talker? Uh, let's see. I learned that Marshawn Lynch spent an hour letting uh, the Super Bowl press corps know that he was only there so that he did not get fined. I learned that there's apparently some Twitter chatter with regard to Bob Barker and Drew Carey. (laughs) I'm glad that's one of the things. And I learned that uh, Texas A&M fans needn't worry about 
any uh, recruiting improprieties. All right. Well, there you go. There's Yates' three things. Now, I, I wouldn't say that those were the three most important things. I'm far from it, actually. I, would, I wouldn't say those are the three most important things that we learned on today's show. Uh, but that's that's okay. You did your job, and, and we're going to try to do that again. If we have time, we're going to try to do that every day. So, so, so well done. I, I think Yates is just getting eager for Ask Yates Wednesday. He didn't get to do it last week, uh, and, and but hopefully we'll be able to do it tomorrow. All right, let's do the PT picks of the day. Uh, a new segment that we added yesterday. We used to have the PT picks of the week where we'd have five picks for the weekend, and that was for college football. And when college football rolls back around, we'll do that. I don't know if we're going to be able to do the PT picks of the day when the summer rolls around, but uh, you know we've got some time to, to worry about that. Um, we're one and one on the, on the year in the PT picks of the day. So tonight, I like Kansas State giving a point at home against West Virginia. You can watch that game at 7 on ESPN. Uh, West Virginia just narrowly and luckily defeated TCU in a really exciting game last week. Uh, uh, Kansas State plays pretty well at home. They'll be a tournament team, uh, and I think they beat the Mountaineers tonight. Uh, The next one and this is an interesting one. Florida, Alabama is a pick'em, and that game is at Alabama. Florida's having just a terrible, terrible year. Uh, things aren't going the way Billy Donovan would have thought for the Gators. They had made four consecutive Elite Eights, went to the Final Four, number one overall seed before being upset by eventual national champ UConn. They're ten and nine this year, and they've lost three straight games. I think they get it right. At Alabama, Alabama's not a very good team. Take the Gators. And I wasn't sure about this one. And, and, I, and I think if you're not sure about one, you should probably take it off. But I'm due. I'm due for a pick. Uh, Virginia Tech plus five at home against Pittsburgh. I saw a lot out of Pittsburgh when Louisville played them. And, and no, not taking anything away, any credit away from, from, Pitts, or from Louisville. Louisville played very well in that game. I'm not overly... Not over, overly sold on Pittsburgh. Virginia coming off a very emotional loss, a close loss to Virginia, a game that they had. I uh, ended up losing to the rival. And I like Buzz, Buzz Williams, so take the Hokies. So Kansas State, Florida, Virginia Tech. Hopefully we'll get to 4-1 to and one in the PT picks of the day. Those are the picks of the day. We've got... No no games tonight for Kentucky or Louisville. Kentucky generally plays on Tuesdays, but they're, they're, they're going to play the Thursday-Saturday set this weekend. Louisville's game against Boston College. Everything I'm hearing, Yates, is that it will be a go, or, or your side of things hearing the same? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard any differently. Okay, good. Uh Captain Arctic tweets in Yates. This is for you. He says Yates has an attention span. But then again, he's like a genius IQ, right? Isn't that right, Yates? Uh, I don't know about that. But, I mean, I did well in school. That That's about all I can say. I don't, I don't know where my IQ is, really. 
Captain Arctic also tweeted in this that I that I forgot to read, and it seems like towards the end of every show I forget to read some of his tweets, which I, I it's just a, a mistake. I, I appreciate everybody that tweets into the show. I enjoy reading them on the air. Uh, makes my job a little bit easier. Uh, but he says that Jeff Goodman said that if Ulysses played 32 minutes a game, that no one would come close to beating us. And, and Captain Arctic believes that that was uh, a shot at Calipari. I, and I've said this on the show before. I like Jeff Goodman. I've met him in person a few times, and, and every time has been a pleasant encounter. I, th- I think he's a, a good rider. I, I generally think he's got a pretty good eye for talent. But he would never admit this, but he is caught up in the UK fan base. He is. He, he, he will never admit it, but he he likes to interact with Kentucky fans, and he likes to say things that are that's going to get a rise out of UK fans because I, I I think he likes to some extent he likes the attention and that's okay I you know I I love Twitter attention who doesn't like to get you know a, a little attention for further work so you know I can understand it to a certain extent but that's what he's doing he has all season talked about how Tyler Eulis should play over Andrew Harrison and that it, it, Kentucky'd be a lot better and he's he's been the biggest. He's been against Andrew Harrison for the longest time for for whatever reason. Uh, you know, if if it's because you don't think he's great at basketball, that's fine and understandable. But at some point, you're you're beating a dead horse when you're consistently going after a college kid. Now he's kind of turned his attention of saying, "Well, I never said anything about Andrew Harrison. I just think Tyler Ulysses needs to play more." Uh, if you if you think that, that's fine. That's okay. You're you're entitled to your own opinion. Uh, but you know, after it was after the Louisville game where he he said that Tyler Ulysses needed a start for Kentucky, and Tyler Ulysses is the much better NBA player, and he interviewed 32 NBA scouts that said the same. Basically, him just taking the time to to get people that agreed with his opinion to show everybody that he's not crazy. Uh, if you need to do that, then you know you, you probably are a little bit crazy with that opinion, but. Tyler Eulis playing 32 games would not make uh, 32 minutes per game would not make Kentucky a drastically better team. If it made UK better, then it it, it would be slightly better. But guess what, everybody? Kentucky is 19 and 0 regardless of who's playing more. Could you have a better record if Tyler Eulis had played 32 minutes per game the last few games? No. Could you beat teams more? Kentucky's beating teams this year worse than anybody else. Their margin of victory each game is higher than anybody else's on average. So it's just, you know, you're being a little nitpicky. And again, I like Goodman. But it's silly. It's silly. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Both are playing over 20 minutes per game. That's ha- that's more than half the game. And that's plenty of time. All right, wrapping up the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Ask Yates Wednesdays. Get your questions ready. Think long and hard about them. And we'll see you then, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening. To my old Kentucky home, my old Kentucky home.
Liverpool They say welcome to the 502 Take a Georgia boy, show him how Kentucky do Uncle Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 27, no be hitting two Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Riding from the bill to BG in my zone Let me hear you say hi 